Please listen carefully. Hey, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Austin Dunn. And I'm John Haley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hey, Austin, how's it going? Hey, John, it's going well. We have a big episode today with a lot of exciting information. So what do you say we get into it? Let's, let's go. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about the Code of Ethics today, Article 1 specifically. And the National Association of Realtors Code of Ethics is made up of 17 articles governing different types of behavior. Today, we're going to focus on Article 1. Why? Because it's the first article, and that's always a good place to start, but also because it seems to be the source of a lot of ethics complaints filed against realtors. Its prevalence in complaints may be because that's as far as many people read, but it could also be because a lot of people see it as a catch-all. That's right. Now, before we get into the substance of this, uh, this show, just a quick note. Within many of the 17 articles, there are also standards of practice. The standards of practice are intended to elaborate on what the duties of a particular article are. Right. So let's start with the text of Article 1 which reads, when representing a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other client as an agent, realtors pledge themselves to protect and promote the interest of their client. This obligation to the client is primary, but it does not relieve realtors of their obligation to treat all parties honestly. When serving a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other party in a non-agency capacity, realtors remain obligated to treat all parties honestly. All right, let's break that down to its two components. So first, you have an obligation to protect and promote the interest of your client. And second, you have an obligation to treat all parties honestly that your primary obligation doesn't relieve you of. Article 1 has 16 standards of practice, so we're not going to go through all of them, but we are going to touch on a few of the bigger ones. The first two standards of practice in Article 1 state that even when acting as a principal to a transaction, realtors must still abide by the Code of Ethics and that the duties of the Code of Ethics encompass all real estate-related activities. So this means that when a realtor is a buyer or seller, they still have to abide by the Code of Ethics, and it applies to all real estate-related activities, not just brokerage services. Standards of Practice 1.6, 1.7, and 1.8 all have to do with the submission of offers and counteroffers. Realtors must submit all offers and counteroffers quickly and objectively. One thing to note here is that when we say all, that's what we mean, all. Virginia law requires real estate licensees to submit all written offers and counteroffers. Realtors have to submit verbal offers as well as written. And this is one area that the Code of Ethics holds realtors to a higher standard than the law. So continuing with offers and counteroffers, the Code of Ethics states that realtors will continue to submit offers and counteroffers until closing or execution of the lease unless the client waives this obligation in writing. The Code of Ethics also says that once there is a ratified contractor lease, the realtor no longer has to market a listed property or show buyers additional properties unless otherwise agreed to in writing. What does that mean in plain English? If you're a listing agent, you must continue to send all offers, either written or verbal, to your seller, even if they have a signed contract, unless the seller waives this requirement in writing. The next set of standards of practice we want to talk about are 1-12 and 1-13. These require realtors to advise potential clients of the firm's company policies regarding cooperation and compensation, the potential for a dual or designated agency, and... In the case of buyer's agents, that sellers may not treat the existence, terms, or conditions of offers as confidential unless confidentiality is required by law, regulation, or the contract. This information is typically covered in the brokerage agreement, so there's no separate document necessary most of that time. 
there are two more standards of practice that we want to cover today. The first is standard of practice 115. Under this standard of practice, if a buyer agent contracts a listing agent to ask whether there are other offers on the property, the listing agent shall, with the seller's approval, disclose those offers. Additionally, if the buyer agent asks, the listing agent must disclose whether the offers were obtained by the listing agent as a dual agent, by another licensee in the listing firm, so that would be designated agency, or by another cooperating broker, a buyer broker. The final standard of practice is 1-16. It's the newest standard of practice for Article 1, and it was adopted in 2012. It says that realtors shall not access or use, or permit or enable others to access or use, listed or managed property on terms or conditions other than those authorized by the owner or seller. So what does that mean? Realtors cannot allow anyone, including themselves, to enter or use a property on terms or conditions that are not authorized by the owner or seller. This standard of practice only applies to the listing agent and agents within the listing firm. There is a related standard of practice in Article 3 that is almost identical and pertains to the same behavior by cooperating brokers. The reason for this lies in the specific articles. Remember that Article 1 says that realtors must protect and promote the interests of their clients, not the other party. So as a buyer agent, it may very well be in your buyer's interest to disregard the showing instructions, but Article 3, Standard of Practice 3-9 of the Code of Ethics prohibits cooperating brokers from accessing property on terms other than those established by the listing broker. But why do we need Standard of Practice 1-16? Well, as some of you may have heard, there are some agents out there that treat listed properties as their own personal playgrounds. There have even been stories about listing agents using the pool or hot tub at a listed property. So, Standard of Practice 1-16 was added to cover those agents who don't respect the property of their own clients. As you've probably noticed, some of what we've talked about so far seems kind of all over the place. When you think about it, it does all come back to protecting and promoting the interest of your client. One last thing that we want to point out before we move on is that oftentimes, People see Article 1 as being a catch-all, and it does cover a lot of ground, but you do need to look at what the article requires. It requires realtors to do two things, protect and promote the interests of their clients, and treat all parties honestly. One thing that you'll notice missing from Article 1 that attorneys are very familiar with is the word or concept of fairness. As attorneys, we have an obligation to zealously represent our clients, and we have certain parameters we must stay within but there's no requirement that we are fair to the other side. If that fairness would harm our clients, with some exceptions. Likewise, realtors do not have an ethical obligation to be fair to the other side. And in fact, there are many times that you cannot protect and promote the interest of your client while being fair to the other side. This is not to say that you should be rude to the other side and keep in mind that you must be honest, but sometimes that honesty can be, I don't have to answer that question or this is something that you should research yourself. All right, Austin, we know that ain't no party like a legal hotline party. <laughs> so let's go there right now. Let's do it. Uh, if my seller has told me they do not want to see any offers that are below list price, and I receive one that is below list price, do I have to send it to them? The Code of Ethics requires you to provide all offers and counteroffers quickly and objectively until closing or execution of a lease, unless the seller or landlord has waived this obligation in writing. So the first thing you need to do is make sure that the seller's instructions to not provide offers below list prices in writing. And even then, you may want to consider giving them a call to say, hey, I know you don't want to see below list offers, but I just wanted to let you know that I have received one today. There are two reasons for this. 
The buyer agent will likely want confirmation from you that you provided the offer to the seller, and if the house has been on the market for some time, the seller may begin to wonder why they aren't receiving any offers. By communicating to the seller that you are receiving offers that don't meet their criteria, they are aware of what is going on and won't be able to claim later that you weren't doing your job. So John, I'm the listing agent. If a buyer calls me to ask if there is a registered sex offender in the neighborhood, and I know that there is, what do I do? In situations like this, you want to say that this is not a required disclosure in Virginia. If you have questions, you should contact your own agent and or search the sex offender registry website. By directing the buyer to the appropriate source of the information, you are still both protecting the interest of your client and treating all parties honestly. So this is a time where you want to be the source of the source. All right, Austin, when I go to sell my own home, I'm acting as a seller, not a realtor. Since I've hired another agent in my firm to be the listing agent for me, I get to act as a regular person, right? In this case, because you are a real estate licensee and a realtor, you're still obligated under Virginia law and the Code of Ethics. Don't forget, standard of practice 1-1 specifically says that even when acting as a principal to the transaction, here, the seller, you're still obligated under the Code of Ethics. So how can you limit your risk in these situations? Well, first, understand your obligations under the Code of Ethics. Remember that realtors hold themselves to a higher standard than the average real estate licensee. That's what makes them realtors. Second, remember that as a realtor, you have a duty to protect and promote the interest of your client, but you also have an obligation to treat all parties honestly. Your obligation to protect and promote the interest of your client does not trump your obligation to treat all parties honestly. Remember that the standards of practice elaborate and expand on what a particular article means. In this case, there are a lot of different ways that realtors must protect and promote the interest of the clients. They must submit all offers, not just written ones, objectively and as quickly as possible. And they must continue to submit all offers until settlement or at least is signed, unless the seller instructs you in writing not to do so. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast, episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes, and please rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline. We can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the Legal tab on the For Members section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is a general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2018. This podcast features the song, Please Listen Carefully, by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons attribution share-like license.